Brisbane Wakes Up with Steph, Abby and Matt on B105. Hey guys, welcome to the Stav, Abby and Matt podcast. If this is your first time listening, mm-hmm. where welcome. have you been? Yeah, make sure you get to the point where uh, what you order at the bar, talking about alcoholic drink-wise, says about you. And Mitchell, our bartender, is sort of that guy that I want to be in like an old-fashioned bar mm. where you buy a drink for yourself and you buy a drink for the bartender. Oh, yeah. And there's no like, oh, responsible service of alcohol and mm. they drink it with you. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And then you I say one more for the road. I think that was in a movie and it was called Cheers, but each their own. Mm. Do you believe... The so he was judging people by the drink that they order, the type of personality they have. Mm. Do you think he was a hundred percent correct? Ah, uh, from what I would witness, yeah, yeah, I do. And the reason I say that is because it's him stereotyping, but stereotypes come from the most commonly served of those drinks, mm. and because he's worked at so many different bars over Brizzy for so long. Mm. Then I would say, yeah. Yeah, I because I would say, it. especially when he was talking about the Cosmos, mm. Cosmos is not my drink of choice because it's too sweet for me. So, what, what's in a Cosmo? It's oh, what's the red? What? Uh, it's a red one, isn't it? Cosmo. Yeah. Let me check. Yeah, the Cosmo. It's normally the red one. Don't know. I what's thought in they it. were pink. Oh well, pink or red? I don't know. Pinky red, ready yeah, pink. Yeah, yeah. You can get different ones. Um, but I would notice that when I go out with like my yeah, the mother's pink. group. That would be the ones that they get. And uh, every time they get it, they're like, oh, we're never out. It's basically just vodka and cranberry juice. Cranberry. Ah, uh, yes. yes. Yeah. And the girls from Sex and the City used to yeah. drink it because it was alert on calories. So it's a lardy da fire engine. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. a, fi- a fire engine is um, vodka and cranberry juice, I thought. No, a fire no. engine is um, like a, cider a, and red cordial. Red cordial. Mm. Oh. Not cranberry juice. Mm. You reckon you could afford that, the juice, when you went there? No. I was a bourbon and coke boy when I first started going out. So you go to a bar now, what do you order? Oh, it depends. Start on beer. Mm. Like I usually drink beer. And then if I'm just with mates, I'll probably just drink beer the whole night, then maybe move to scotch mm. or something. But then if I'm with Esther, I might drink wine if we're having dinner. Yeah, so we didn't ask about that, but I would always ask wine when I go out. Yeah. Like I would always order that red wine. Yeah, really dep- I only really drink red wine with dinner or at the end of the night when I've already had too much to drink. And I think, here's a great idea. Let's drink red wine. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> um, so we'll talk about that on the show. Um, we also start another investigation. Yes. Around, big news. around deer. Deer. Mm, deer. So who's ringing you? Your phone's ringing. No, it's the Today Show. I always oh, call. Oh, because you, you've got to go do that. All right, let's get into the podcast. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. <laughs> ah, the sound of my people. I am Scottish. I was born in Glasgow. Moved out here when I was young. And it was my actually my grand's birthday this week. So it got me thinking about home and the whiskey and the peat. Ah, uh, the peat. What's, what's peat? Peat is a, um, it's like uh, mud. Mud. But it's very handy mud. It's, a, it's like a good fossil fuel. And we you you, put you, it in whiskey. Oh. Mm, peat. Um, but I was thinking about home, and I uh, hadn't had haggis in a long time. I was wearing my kilt yesterday. I like to wear my kilt every now and then. Any other Scottish stereotypes you're to work into this setup? I'm allowed to because I'm Scottish. Are you As a redhead? Your wife always <laughs> says, you decide you're Australian when you want, and you decide you're Scottish when you want. It's not true, but uh, she does say that. Uh, but I was wearing my kilt yesterday. It lets the breeze in when it's hot. And it got me thinking about uh, there's a thing called, and Scottish people will know this, uh, any Scottish people that are listening, every Christmas there's a, there's a comic book um, that everyone gets. Their grand gives it to them. It's like a tradition. Uh, there's two of them. There's Urdwilly, 
uh, which stands for Our Willie, and the Bruins, which is the Browns. And the Bruins are a family. There's like 10 of them, uh, and their escapades and their japes and their banter, and you just get the comic uh, every Christmas. And I thought I would throw some Scottish terms, because it's written in Scottish, and I know we speak English, but it's mm-hmm. written in our brogue, in our slang uh, sort of way. So is it, so the way you're going to read this, is everything written like this in Scotland? So if no. I got like a document from the bank. Like the newspaper? Yeah, like yeah. is it written yeah. like this? No. It, so this would you say it's old Scottish? No, it's the way we talk. It, it's the but way do you we... talk like that in everyday life today still? Well, see, this is... A, okay, so the, the hoity-toity people... Like, the rich people wouldn't, but the general everyday man would talk like this. Okay, yeah, you know, right. so, um, But I want to see how, how good your Scottish is, all right? And I might get you to read some out, Maddie, and see how you go with it. Um, so if I said to you guys, Lang may your lum reek. Long may your something live? Lang may your lum reek. I hope you're having a great week. <laughs> it's not rhyming slang. What's leek? What is leek? Reek. 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 Reek means stink, it does. doesn't it? Like something stink. reeks. Mm-hmm. You sti- what is that that stinks? It means long may your chimney smoke. Oh, so as long as you have a <laughs> as long as you have a fire, yes, you're good. Okay, yeah. Yeah. what yeah, about? Right. Had a bit of this uh, lately. It's a drink day. Oh, it's a drink Rain? day. Hey, yeah, that's good. Rain. That's good. Yeah. Is drink like uh, like bleak? Like it's bad. Drink. It's dark outside. Drink means it's dank. It's rainy. It's yeah. yeah. Streak. That'd be every day in Scotland, wouldn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> I was talking to a girl at the dog park yesterday. Actually, she was from Britain. The year we left Scotland, it rained 340 days out of that year. Wow. Serious? Mm. Mm. Like Melbourne. Yeah, without the <laughs> avocado. Money a muckle makes a muckle. Make some. Money a muckle makes a muckle. Money muckle makes a muckle. You got to. Uh, that's um. Ooh. You got to have money to make money. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Bit makes a big bit. Yeah. Hey. Proving yeah. that money Maddie understands money in any language. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favourite. Now, if you're from Glasgow, Glasgow's like the working class. It's, it was a, a, a docks uh, town, very um, industrial, very workers. Edinburgh isn't. So, and I do this to people. And <laughs> That's where the comedy festival is, right? Yes, yeah. yes, the Edinburgh Comedy Festival, yeah, yeah. So if you're from Glasgow and you, and you meet someone from Edinburgh, I still do this to this day. You're like, oh, where are you from? And they say Edinburgh. Ah, first court near Nickers. Uh, say it again. Fur coat, knee knickers. Fur coat and... And new knickers? Knee knickers. Knee knickers. Knee knickers. No knickers. Aha. Uh-huh. Fur coat, knee knickers. Why? You're, you're, you're a rich. <laughs> <laughs> you actually said that. <laughs> yeah, you kind of, you're, you're rich on the outside, but you're still like everybody else. Oh, Look okay. at you with your fur coat and knee knickers. Who do you think you are? Yeah. So, Maddie, you're up. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, have a crack. A page from the Bruins as read by Maddie. So, <laughs> so you wet at last. Wet you cut a lazy lotus. It's always terrible. Uh-huh. I think you have to do it with the accent. I think you was. I was. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is too hard. This will never do. I prefer my breakfast at breakfast time. This will never do. I prefer my breakfast at breakfast time. I got that. Put the old curtains back up your paw. <laughs> What's that? Something about eating breakfast in the curtains. That sounds... Put the curtains open. It's brekkie. Sun in. I can't even understand what I'm reading. Uh-huh. Really? 
Oh, I can't see it from there. As you always do when you're learning to read, look at the pictures. <laughs> That's what I was doing. There's bacon in it. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Oh! A deer! A female deer. <laughs> Matty uh, yesterday was very shocked because he was driving along to go home and he saw... This was like yesterday. yesterday. I had a moment as I drove past the Jindalee DFO and I thought, Am I hallucinating? And I thought I saw deer. Antler deer or just normal, like. See, no antlers. No so antlers not on them. Of. Were there like 11 deer paying out one poor deer that wasn't getting to play all the what other colour? deer games? Like brown? Think like Bambi, but a fat yeah, Bambi. Yeah, that's. Oh, okay. And they were there were really two, fat. one big, one small. There was, well, there was a kid with them. And I thought like she was pregnant as what well. What do you mean there was a kid with them? Like they some, had, they had a baby kid. with them, like two adults and, and they. Oh, just so there was three deer. It looked like a family. Okay. <laughs> So we had so many people call up and say, yeah, this is a thing. There's heaps of wild deer. But I got a few text messages and my favourite was from my friend Mike, right? Mm. I'm going to I'm gonna say it because I wrote back saying, ha ha, that's funny. And he wrote back, what? It's true. Oh, I hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> funny joke. No, I'm not joking. So he says, I saw deer at, I can never pronounce it. Is it Minipiti? Minipiti Park in yeah, um, yeah. Cannon Hill? Mm-hmm. And uh, the parkland. It's huge, beautiful parkland there. And he says that he saw deer, which is not unusual. But he says... Rumour has it that they escaped a Cannon Hill abattoir years ago. Oh. And I was like, to what? Because I, I would have thought that there were like anything here in Australia, if it becomes feral, it's because it has been released earlier before we knew better. Mm, you know, yeah. like the, the toads, we thought it was doing a good yes, thing. Yes, and I would have thought the deer would have been released yeah. well, years Well, they're not, they're not native to Australia. No, they're not. No, no. And we're an island, so we know when anything's here. That are they strong swimmers, deer? They Did are. we investigate <laughs> that? Uh, I don't know. Can I escape? And I wrote back, ha, that's really funny. And he goes, it's true. I saw them with my own two eyes. I'm like, okay, I get it. And he goes, there was deer in a street in Cooparoo. And I was like, right. And he goes, it was on the news. Oh, well then. So but I want to know about the abattoir because is it has if anyone's works at an abattoir and any animal has escaped, escaped <laughs> apparently th- there's heaps of abattoirs in Brisbane that we're not aware of. Okay. So they're not just for what we would normally consume. There's a lot of, um, uh, I know this is awful, but like yeah. racehorses because the meat's shipped overseas, mm. um, some for pet food. So there's all these mm. animals that you wouldn't normally think. It wouldn't be a racehorse, would it? Like you wouldn't go being a champion racehorse all your life and then yes, they're like... Matthew, that And they is cut you up and feed you yeah, to a dog normally, overseas. Normally if you're a champion one, you'll breed and you'll go somewhere nice. But if you are the ones that come towards the end, then mm. yes. Or glue. Wow. It's sad, isn't it? Yes. Well, it's life, but yes. It's really life-killing horses. But So is, is your friend saying that Jeez. the only reason that Brisbane has wild deer is because... Two ca- escaped. And well, <laughs> well, I was going to say. Well, yes, well, the only reason, but he said that apparently deer, apparently a deer escaped a Cannon Hill abattoir. So I would say that I mean, he can't speak for the ones at your. He's just speaking for the ones in our area. Because mm. right. then if they've... At Cannon Hill, if two escaped in Cannon Hill and started to breed, mm. and then the families would have yeah. had to have moved out. Now there's some in Jindalee. I got messages saying Maybe there's there a different abattoir over there, there and is, they all escaped. <laughs> Maybe. It was, like a, it was a joint thing, like, hey, guys, we're going we're gonna to do this. Yeah. Word got around that it's there, there's a loophole in the abattoir 30, system. 131060, <laughs> if you've heard this. <laughs> is it a true story? Would Brisbane be dearless if it wasn't for those two courageous lovebirds at the Cannon Hill Abattoir? It sounds like a Disney movie. Is there a movie. Cannon Hill Abattoir, though? I don't know. I should Google yeah. that. I mean, that's where yeah, we've got to start with, so. don't we? Yeah. Also, too, if you're going to escape an abattoir mm. and there's just the two of you, 
and there's no connection between you. No, but you're forced to. You're like, we have to do this. We have to do it. It's like um, Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt and Passengers. (laughs) (laughs) They don't have a choice. (laughs) I mean, you would. 131060. (laughs) Do we only have wild deer in Brisbane because of the great abattoir escape? Beck... Um, you can't confirm Abby's abattoir story, but you you do have a um, a deer theory. Absolutely. So I used to live on the west side of town, mm. and I was told when I randomly saw a deer on my return from a, a night out clubbing that they'd swum across the river from a vet school. <laughs> from a vet school. <laughs> so you've heard another escape story. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever questioned it until now? Uh, well, I actually got made fun of the whole time because I, no one believed me that I actually saw them, so I'm not really sure if they were making fun of me that they swam across the river. Mm. Mm. Okay. Was it a cab driver who told you that when you are coming home from the valley? No, it was my uncle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't believe yeah. an uncle. Uh, 13, 10, 60, if you can confirm Abby's story or have any other story about the uh, the wild deer in Brisbane. Okay, we've got Brittany and Jindalee. That's the area. There is a lot of deer out there. What's your deer theory so down west lake drive it's uh, certain times in the year you'll see like whole gangs of deer out hmm. and the story i've heard is that across the river at west lake there there used to be a deer farm yeah. and this couple went through a bit of a messy divorce and she opened the gates and let them free <laughs> she released the deer <laughs> they're spite deer i will show him the spite deer that's not true now Brittany, how many people have you told that story to <laughs> I've got told it by a few people, and yeah. I like have told a couple because I'm like, oh, I don't know, but a few people yeah. say that. <laughs> Everyone I know that's got divorced says it is dear. <laughs> <laughs> They're interesting stories. I mean, you wouldn't want to hear that they were just introduced. We had a lot of people with that one, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the deer that I saw at the Jindalee DFO are the descendants mm. of yes. the deers of the divorce. Divorce deer. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! How many calls do we get about the divorce theory out there? Like, if you had to put a number on it. Oh, we got six. Six people <laughs> with the divorce deer story. <laughs> just right. one person to call up going, they were my deer. They were my deer. I want them back. She opened the door. She could have taken half of them. Sarah <laughs> and Kenmore, what do you think about it? Have you heard this story? Morning, guys. Hey. Well, yes, I confirmed with Brittany that there was a bit of a messy divorce and wifey opened the gates. And then it was a long time ago. We were sort of talking 10, 15 years and... So when the floods came up in Brisbane in 2011, a couple of those little escapees got across the river oh. back there, and then they've just moved, they've bred and moved themselves closer, closer into closer. the highway there at Kindalee. Right. So, oh, okay. Hey. I mean, there could have right. been truth to that, isn't it? The floods. The floods, yeah. definitely. I'm still not buying the divorce story, but we have, to, we have to dig deeper into this. There were six this. people. It's 100% true. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. The divorce deer of Jindalee. Yes. There we go. Uh, all right. There is. We have confirmed there is an abattoir, though, right? In there Cannon is, Hill. yeah, but I don't believe they specialise in deer meat. But can you imagine the deer listening to this going, we escaped and it was such an awesome escape and now we've got this bloody divorce story. I yeah. wish I could find my friend deer. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. I'm Maggie Dan. She's written many books on raising boys. Oh, we love this lady. She's been on a lot of times with us. She's very funny and very insightful. Oh, expectations. Yeah, she's <laughs> our favourite author, but now she's gone into something else. We're talking about Maggie Dent. Morning. Good morning, guys. You're an author and educator. You're a former uh, teacher and counsellor. You, you write the best parenting books because you are a, a mother of four boys, and now you're going into podcasting. 
Absolutely. And it's a perfect place because <laughs> parents don't have enough time to read my books. <laughs> yeah. That's we were exactly saying what that. Abby oh, just no, said. I, was, I just said. <laughs> Behind <laughs> your back, though, we were saying Behind that. your back, I just said, I'm so glad because your book was so amazing, but I haven't finished it. Like, I don't no. get around to finish it all until something goes wrong and they pick it up. And I said, oh, well, Maggie did give me a bloody warning about that if I yeah. read it. <laughs> and that's really the thing that we're all really busy and yet we want to kind of be the best parents we can be. But how do we learn stuff that isn't working? And that's why, you know, really short, punchy, 25 minutes. Mm. And hopefully we get parents on the same page too. Co-parents can go, oh, my God, okay, let's have a crack at that. I've got to say, I love a good pun and I love the title. Parental as anything, Brent, brilliant. <laughs> that wasn't my idea. I'm not that smart. Um, and I think one of the really big ones, and this is what we've discovered with the next series, this is series four, that's just in, 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 in crazy. But we really realise that the most searched term is, am I a good enough parent out there on the parenting world? So people really worry that they're supposed to be like perfect or something, whereas research says good enough parents can raise awesome kids. Hmm. This is a concern for me because I was never into International Women's Day previously. Like I always say to everyone, it was a good day for me to drink champagne, but I just never really, I never really felt the meaning of it because I always sort of felt like I did that every day, like promote women around us, you know, support each other. But my main concern is now I, I, I take my honour of raising um, three boys so seriously because I want them to respect themselves and respect their partner. And there's so much of a message going around at the moment, like don't teach your daughters not to walk alone in the, the you know, night. No, Make teach sure you your teach sons. your sons. Mm. How, how do you think we do that in this day and age? Is it just respect? Is it just having that open communication? I think it's we start really, really early about respecting both genders um, instead of just sort of like, once again, those social conditions, we've got to challenge them. The ones that say boys are tough and girls are wimpy. No, right from the get-go, we've really got to look at that. But I think the big message within our homes is we try not to hurt ourselves, we try not to hurt anyone else, and we try not to damage the world around us, right? Let's mm -hmm. just keep coming back to that every time they muck up, whether they yeah. threw something, you know, and sometimes it is the brother jumping on the um, brother from the top bunk because he actually didn't mean to hurt him. Um, he thought it was funny. Mm. So half of the stuff we've got to continually decode why sometimes that might be funny with another boy, but it's definitely not going to be funny with a girl. So, again, we've got to do an awful lot of deconstructing of um, what I call unhealthy patterns that have been accepted for a very, very long time. And it's about being not just respectful, it's accepting each other. And also that word kindness. Seriously, mm. we need more kindness. Yeah. Well, I guess it's that thing, you know, my, I've, my kids are six and um, just turning four. And 19 almost. Yeah, the oldest is 19. He's, he's out on his own now, Maggie, so um, yeah. that's a whole different kettle of fish. But I, I always say to my six-year-old son, you know, I was saying don't you can't hit girls. So when him and his sister would get physical, you know, because she's starting to hold her own now. And then I thought to myself, that is the right message, but also, too, I've started saying instead, you don't hit anyone. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. I, I, and I, I don't know how you feel about that, but I thought that's probably more the message to be like, it's never okay yeah. to do that. That is, that is. but there's, a, there's two other things I want to mention under that, and mm. that is that, um, you know, we have an expectation that we could use words rather than our fists. That would be great. But we do know that what happens in the female brain when they're really upset they, it, the next centre in the brain that fires up is the word centre. So they're able to express themselves. For boys and men, it tends to be the, the 
the limbic brain fires up and then the body fires up and then much later the word center. Mm. So while you say don't hit, we might be able to put our hands up and go don't without touching them, but we need to do something with the body that has a clear message that this isn't okay. And I think that's the no that we have to start with little ones. No, don't touch my toys. No, don't touch me. No, you know, and we need our girls and our boys to do that as strongly without needing to hurt another child. You're absolutely right. Where's my boundary? There it is, and I'm standing with it and be supported by it. We've taken the childcare one where we put our hands up right in front and say, yep. stop it, I don't mm. like it. Yep. Yeah, That's our big Absolutely. one in our household, yeah. so I've started saying that to my husband as well. So that, that yeah. is a back and forward. <laughs> that is the thing, though, when you... <laughs> Come on, darling! Stop it! I don't it's, our, like it. it's our anniversary! It's <laughs> <laughs> an interesting thing that you're saying there, though, because, you know, you want to raise boys to respect girls, and you want to... Um, raise girls that are going to be confident and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But there is an inherent scientific difference in the sexes and that has to be recognised and um, and utilised. Yeah, and I explore that really deeply because we do know that there are archetypes that are deep within the DNA that are still coming through from caveman days. Mm. So, again, we are biologically, most of us, not all, remember, we've got a very... Um, fluid sense of gender now, mm-hmm. but statistically significant um, of us women are wired to be the carers and nurturers, and we often want to work as well. But boys, again, are biologically wired to be the hunters and the protectors and the defenders. So that's why we have to work with them, not to shame those aspects of them, but to work around where it's appropriate and how they can do it mm. again mm without crossing what I call the line in the sand. And that's the education about the line in the sand has changed. And that's where parents have got the challenges like, this was okay before. Mm. Um, Well, some of the things have changed. And even though we need to say it's okay to be a kind of warrior-like boy, well, you can't actually frighten or hurt other children because that's not okay. Um, I don't think men do it as much where they say he's a better father <laughs> than yeah. I am. I think men generally will be like, good on you, mate. You're doing a good job. And, and, and yep. likewise. Mm. But I have noticed through my female friends <laughs> and my wife that, and I, I don't know why women do it to themselves where they compare because I've seen some of the most amazing mothers and most amazing yep. women working their asses off mm. and then beating yep. themselves up. And I just... No, there's no words that I can say to my wife or my friends, <coughs> Abby, to convince them otherwise. Yeah, and it's a natural thing that we do as females. We're biologically wired to do what we call internal ruminating about ourselves, constantly wanting to do it better. But, of course, we weren't able to compare ourselves with thousands of others before Insta and everything else. Yeah. Um, and also we review every decision we make in a day when we go to bed, whereas men just go to sleep because they're in their sleep box. <laughs> yeah. And often it's 2 o'clock in the morning that women are laying awake going, gosh, they didn't eat broccoli, and oh, my God, he didn't have a shower. I don't know if I've washed I've him. I've ruined you know, their like, life. I've ruined them forever. And um, sadly, it's called a negative bias. Mm. And, yes, unfortunately, us women are wired a bit more for that. But there's a whole lot of reasons that go right back to the archetype again, that if we were in those you know, closed communities. The guys really only had a few jobs. One, uh, to go out and kill mammoths. Two, to go out and kill anything that could actually threaten the wives and children and to hopefully make babies. The good women times, did everything else. <laughs> like, good times. You know, they did everything else. They organised everything else. So they've yeah. actually got this mind that definitely functions in a different direction because of our ancestral influences. However, 
we do need to stop beating ourselves up, particularly women. I know they're just exhausted with the mental load, and it is the yeah. mental load. It is. That's what I was saying. Like, you just never, yep. you always say mum's guilt, and we use it yep. ourselves, where my yep. husband's never gone, God, I feel guilty about letting them watch yeah. two movies no, today. No, like, you'd go, what no, an no. awesome day that was. <laughs> it's just a different view of it, where yeah. I was like, oh, we should have done something more. I do have good news, though, my love, mm. and that is the older you get, the less you give it. Um, I'm finding that. Hey, I'm honestly finding that. Like, I was like, I don't care if people sort of judge me in the shopping centre anymore when the kids are running. I'm like, eh, they're happy. Like, I just... So you become more male as you get older? Is that what you're saying, (laughs) Maggie? No, I just think really, um, whatever the reason, but I just noticed after 40, most things didn't bother me as much. And Mm. over 50, now over 60, I just don't give a toss at all. But I do know that it is... All those wirings are linked to the fact that us females are supposed to be, um, you know, the breeders and the main carers. But we really do need to support each other much more. And I really encourage mums to have really good groups of mums who let them muck up, who turn up with extra coffee and chocolate because they've had a lousy night or they've screamed at their partner or, you know, there was a situation and you didn't handle it well. You know what I mean? I think mm. we've got did to you, have a circle of support. Did you just call support. that a situation? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like a situation. We're going we're gonna to take that on board. <laughs> right up the back, round the legs, all over your cracky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the doctor's surgery. Yes, <laughs> Maggie, I want to get your <laughs> advice on this one. We are talking about this on the show last week, about what to do with adult content that they view online. Because yep. my son's hearing from other kids at the school and I monitor what they can watch online because it's age appropriate of what we talk about, you know, of making babies. Yep. But what do you do and what's a good age, I guess, to teach boys about and maybe girls, but what you see on there is not necessarily how it is in reality and how to keep it, I guess, so that oh, everyone's look, happy, if you know what I mean. Um, oh, totally. And I think you really need to... I'm right behind the fact we need to talk to our children from probably four and five around um, private body parts and public ones and all yep. those sorts of things because we've actually had a significant increase in inappropriate sexual play with children under five because they have seen this content. Mm. And under that age, they just will often copy it without any understanding that it's inappropriate. We have to have these conversations earlier, absolutely. And we really have to talk about... Um, from really early on that sometimes people when they're in um, intimate relationships do things with their bodies because they're old enough to do them. However, Mm. they are enjoyable, they are fun and your kids will roll their eyes and squirm but we must sow the seed that, you know, intimate relationships between two growing ups are meant to be enjoyable and pleasant and completely respectful and consensual. So we've got to sow those seeds from an early age even if they roll their eyes at you. Mm. Well, your podcast is Parental as Anything. Um, we've spoken to you many times about all your wonderful <laughs> books, Maggie. We, we love that you just you say it how it is, um, and it's great advice. So thank you so much. And now we're going to be using that term, aren't yep. we? Oh, you betcha. Yeah. We've got a meeting next that's going to be a situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Maggie. Thanks, guys. All the best. Good on you. Thanks, Stab man. Abby and Matt. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Love and marriage. Love and marriage. You know, I love the TikTok, so I wanted to bring this one on <laughs> okay. the air again. TikTok is amazing. Mm-hmm. Hit me up, at Maddie Acton. You're getting countbacks, I know you are. Um, only a couple. Uh, we want to do on 13, 10, 60. Mm. Tell me you're married without telling me that you're married. 
And that's one that's going around at the moment. And there's a real funny one, and there's this big Islander guy, and um, it cuts to him, and he's on the phone going, yeah, 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 I'll, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to do that. And then he has to check with his wife. Ah, and he goes, no, yep. I can't, can't come. Sorry, can't come. So I'll go for my husband, which is, I said I was at work, but I was really at the pub. Yep. <laughs> Classic. Because Scott never used to lie about it until we're married. Yesterday, my son, um, we don't know if it's broken or not, he broke his nose and I got a call from the school, had to go and pick him up, poor Jagger. And obviously my kids are just in the wars at the moment, but I picked him up and I sent a photo to Scotty and I was like, I don't know if it's broken, I've got to wait for swelling to go down. And he called straight away and said, hey, is he okay? Is everything all right? Do you need me to come home? So he did say that, which is lovely. I said, no, no, hun, if you're at your work? He said, yeah, I'm at work. Mm. He said, hun, if you're at work, don't worry about it. Like, I've got it sorted. And then I gave him a call an hour and a half later. I went, where are you? And he goes, I'm at work. I said, no, you're not. Was it within work hours? I'm at work. (laughs) Well, it's just that I drove past to pick up my second son and saw his car at the pub at Camp Hill. Like, And he says to me when he found out, no, I didn't. I parked it towards the back. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) No, it's not. None of you would ever do that. Not now. But you would have before you were married? Well, he went down the line there of, I would rather go and have the fun and get in trouble Mm. than be told, no, that I I can't go. I said, if you ask, he goes, no, but you could, you might or not. I said, if you said, hey, it's Franco's birthday, we're going to the pub. Mm. No worries. Go for it. But he's like, no, but I thought you'd say no. And that's the thing, because if you say (laughs) no and then you go. Now I'm going to say no. Then (laughs) you're in big, big trouble. But if you go without telling, you're in medium trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, no, he's in big trouble. That's, yeah. I don't think I'm going to take you out tonight. We're supposed to go out tonight. You will. No, might not. Going to go as solo? Yeah, because I've got friends going. Uh, (laughs) 13, 10, 60. Tell us you're married without telling us you're married. Um. I am on a diet that I didn't choose to be on. Ah, good one. Yeah. I've got seven sets of sheets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and pillows that I don't know what they're for. Mm. And they need to be washed before the first use. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> it's never going to be more clean than it is now. Start. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have pillows I don't put my head on. Yeah. Oh, yes. Lots of them. <laughs> I have lots of shampoo in the shower I'm not allowed to use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about, is that, what are, you got the yeah, animals, females can jump in. Yeah, I feel like you need to, otherwise we're going to be in trouble. Um, I've got four kids and only three I gave birth to. <laughs> yes, there you go. Stephen in Mogul, tell us you're married without telling us you're married. Yeah, no, I really enjoy watching Married at First Sight four <laughs> nights a week. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, See, the thing is, though, mm. Stephen... You can like it in the end. You start to, like, if you don't watch it one day, you do miss it a little bit, right? Uh, no, Maddie, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Steve-o. <laughs> Sinead in North Lakes, tell us you're married without telling us I- you're married. I have boat parts on my dresser. Uh, your boat parts. He's on just got to fit them. Is that what he's waiting to do? Uh, we just brought it on the weekend, and they all have accumulated on my dresser. Uh, so yeah. I don't know what they're for. Yeah, <laughs> and then you'll get extra ones that are coming on Gumtree for the ones that he needs to replace. Wait for it. Kevin in Victoria hey. Point. Hey, how you doing? Love your show. Thank you, mate. Hey, Kevin. Tell us you're married without saying it. I bought a new lounge, not allowed to sit on it. (laughs) (laughs) I bet it's a light colour one, is it, Kevin? Um, Yeah. Yeah, green one. It's when special people come over. I mean, not you, Kevin, but other people. Oh, no, no, not not me at all. (laughs) Who is allowed to sit on it? Uh, 
The dog got on at once. <laughs> the dog no longer exists. <laughs> uh, Justice, tell us you're married without telling us you're married. I have clothes to wash, but I don't wear them. Yes. Ah. Yes. Lots of clothes. And that's why it's they a, love it. It's a pain. It's a bloody pain. <laughs> Especially when it rains. There's a backup. Travis in Redcliffe, what's yours? Uh, there always seems to be hair in the shower drain, but I'm bald. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I'm amazed women don't go bald the amount they lose hair. Oh, it's in, the, the old sh- I call it the, the shower. shower beaver. Yeah, mm. it's just that you got more hair of it. You notice it. Yeah. Apparently everyone sheds the same. Who knows? Well, women have long hair, generally speaking. Mm. Jane in Carindale, tell us you're married without saying it. Um, I have projects in my house that have been started but not finished. Oh, yes. So many. <laughs> so many. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Alpha Bucks, $10,000. It's what it's worth tomorrow. Uh, it'll be the 26th of March, my son's birthday. If you Ooh. see Ethan, say happy birthday to him. Tiger and Trady are two of the answers. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. All right, so I was um, looking at my uh, journalistic uh, Bible. Buzzfeed. That's right. And um, <laughs> they do good work. You, you love be- it. You won't believe the 10th thing. <laughs> um, but they were doing a thing with bartenders, and it was the assumptions, the stereotypes that bartenders make on your order. Uh, oh, so yeah. when someone orders a blah, they go, oh, okay, you're up for a wild night, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Well, that would be like when Esther and I would go to the bar and order a beer and uh, like a vodka and soda. They put the beer in front of me, mm. their vodka in front of her, and then <laughs> as we walk so away, we're like, oh, when they're not watching, quick <laughs> swap over. <laughs> you have as much calories as you want. I Don't drink your on. calories, girlfriend. <laughs> um, so you brought someone in today for this. Yes, I happen to know a few bartenders, uh, but I've got bartender Mitchell, who is a bartender at the Pineapple, because it is BuzzFeed, so it was very um, American list. Yes. So we thought we'd do it for Brisbane. What Brisbane people, when they're out, when they order it, what the sort of stereotypes Mitchell and his bartending friends would think about when they um, order their beers and drinks. Morning. So you've worked at a lot of different bars. Ah, uh, yeah, a couple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a couple or a few or many. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're going to give you the drinks, and you just tell us the type of person who orders this drink here in Brisbane. Sounds easy. <laughs> don't hold back. Okay? I won't. Okay. I, have, I don't tend to. <laughs> what about if someone was going to get a, a vodka, soda and lime? Funnily enough, it's generally a group of men. Is you think? It? Yeah. So it's always like, um, especially a couple of weeks ago, a whole team of AFL players. Oh. And they will order like seven or eight vodka It's funny you say that. Mm. All my guy friends drink it. And they order one for me and I feel like I should drink it, but it's not my drink of choice. No, it tastes terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Like, it's like watered down and it's never a strong vodka. I like vodka nah. on the rocks. Yeah. See, like just most spirits you should just have on ice anyway. But mm. <laughs> What would you say about a girl who just takes their, their alcohol straight on the rocks? My friend. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Yay. Lucy, you know, they the... Uh, generally, it's, you know, walk up, can I just get, like, especially when it's, like, bourbon on the rocks or something uh, yeah. like that, and you're, like, you're about to have the hardest night, <laughs> and you're going to swear so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's yeah. it. Okay, that's me. Uh, this one's a classic. A lot of people drink it. What about vodka Red Bulls? Vodka Red Bull. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's either a 21-year-old or someone well over 40. See, so, the BuzzFeed <laughs> article said you were generally on drugs. 
Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I'm trying to be professional. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the old people think, oh, that's the young person's drink, so I'll order Yeah, it. it'll be like a dad with his 18-year-old son on their birthday. Oh, and they'll be okay. like, yeah, vodka Red Bulls, this sounds great. They'll have a sip and you can see the pain in their face. <laughs> <laughs> like just. <laughs> what about if someone comes up, I'm going to skip on the list, What and says, I just want a beer, please. There's like 50 beers behind yeah, any bar. <laughs> it's always someone that they like don't drink beer at all or normally drink spirits or they just walk up. They won't even know the size of a glass. Yeah. It'll be like oh, pot screen or a pint. They'll be like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh my God, you just did my voice. Yeah, because if I get, like my husband will say get a beer and it's like I should know, but I just say, oh, can I have a beer? And then I'm like, so what size is a big size again? <laughs> and then what would you recommend then? Uh, I always do something like really fruity because I assume they just don't drink beer. Mm. So it'll be like, like yeah. stone and wood. Mm. And then they'll they'll always generally have it. I, uh, I'm one that's not on the list. It's what I order if I'm... If if I'm having a, a big night, a gin martini. Gin martini. Mm. Um, Don't make that face. <laughs> <laughs> it, you said it. It either means you are of a certain calibre of age and wealth or <laughs> you have zero taste buds. <laughs> that is... It is a strong thing to put down. He lives in Baden and has no taste. (laughs) Yeah, We've got Mitchell in. He's a bartender here in Brisbane. He is um, putting stereotypes against people here in Brisbane and the types of drinks that they have um, on beer. Forex gold, the Milton mango, <laughs> the the nectar of Brisbane. Yeah. Tradies and great people. <laughs> Someone on their lunch break that doesn't want to seem too half cut when they gonna, go back to work. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, watch true. The footy. Yeah, watch the footy. Hey? Yeah, right. So it's 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 one that you have at lunch when you know you're going back to. Yeah, back it's to work. the I can drink responsibly on shift. Yeah. <laughs> what about a Cosmo Cosmopolitan? Uh, that's three women in their 40s that yes. are going out on their first time in 20 years. <laughs> We've got a babysitter. Yeah, Cosmos. It's great. I'm Miranda. Are you Mar- I'm Miranda. You be Charlotte. You be Charlotte. Vodka Cruises. They've had a comeback. They that is an everyone they? drink now. It's mm. fantastic. I love it because I can walk into a bottle now and get a carton of cruises without anyone looking at me funny. So you drink it. And it's also easy to serve. Like I always yeah. think oh, for, yeah. for a bartender, I know that if I'm going to go in, it's Pop like, and yeah, mm. it's packed. And you go, I'm not going to order a cocktail because I already know it's going to be crap and they're going to hate me. You're mm. a nice person. No, I'm just someone who likes the alcohol. Quick. <laughs> yeah. She's um, nice to bartenders. Uh, yeah, very Thank nice you. <laughs> All right. I drink responsibly, of course. And the final one... Um, Stereotypes for drinkers in Brisbane, rum and coke. That is, it's generally someone walking up to the bar going, hey, again, can I get a rum and coke, please? In a short, lots of ice, make it extra strong, will ya? Uh, <laughs> also, my parents. <laughs> Mitchell, uh, you're a lot of fun, mate. Uh, we can come and see you at the Pineapple Hotel and get that rum and coke. Get whatever you want. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. There we go. That's the podcast. Good work, guys. Oh, no, I just missed it. Stab Abby and Matt. Brisbane wakes up with Stab Abby and Matt on B105.